I'm Julie Maciejewski. Most Sundays, you can find me right here at the Welcome and Information Desk in Mission Central. If you would like more information about our church, please feel free to pick up a welcome folder at the back of the sanctuary at the Connection site or from the Welcome and Information Desk. And for everyone, we would like for you to fill out a friendship card. If you would like to receive our newsletter, be sure to fill in your address. On the back, you can put down prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff. Welcome to Pendleton Center Church, and have a good day. I'd like to invite you to our call to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. Spirit, come, Jesus Christ, come, Father, that we may receive you more. Come and fill us in this place. May this service of worship be a blessing to you. May we exalt your name and glorify you through everything we do in our hearts, with our mouths, and in our minds. Lord, fill us up in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together for all the saints.
Please be seated. We have a couple of uh, clipboards being passed around, um, one for each section actually, and it is to support the uh, community dinner in Niagara Falls, so please take a moment to, to check that out. We have some praises to tell you about uh, before we hear all about your praises. A few things, um, the United Methodist Women, UMW, uh, their rummage sale was a success, woo! And they raised $2,024 to be able to give away to missions. So thank you to everyone. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I also want to let you know that um, Victoria, but I don't know her last name. Um, what's her last name? Fuller, Victoria Fuller, Karen, <laughs> Karen and Scott's daughter, Victoria, their um, daughter, uh, her pregnancy is going really well. She's in the 37th week and the baby seems to be doing just fine as well. So thank you for all your prayers with that. And also Jim Phillips received his kidney transplant last Sunday morning early. So he's home. So please pray for Jim and for Sue as they, as he continues to recover. It'll be a long recovery time, but we're really thankful that, for that. So I'm excited about all these things. I'd love to hear what you all are thankful for. Beautiful sunshine. Yes. Dave. New grandson. Yay. New grandbaby is wonderful. Judy. Barb is healed from bleeding on the brain. Completely healed. Yes, Karen. Jan Gertz called me. Uh-huh. Tom called the next day. She's home. So Jan Gertz is, is home. So continue to pray for Jan, and we're thankful for that, that she is home. Anyone else want to share? Yeah, Sarah. His Tyler's surgery went well? Wonderful. Continue to pray for Tyler, though, for recovery. But yeah, wonderful to hear that. Anyone else? Now let's take some time to reflect on how good God is on all the blessings you have in your life and how God is moving in every area of your life in powerful ways as we return our gifts, tithes, and offerings to the Lord.
Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your blessings. We return these gifts back to you, a reflection of our gratitude and our love. We pray that your blessing will be upon this gift, that it will be a transformational witness in this world. Guide us and lead us, Lord, in your will and your way, that these gifts may be used to reflect you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. a couple of concerns um, to share with you. Um, please pray for the family of Joe Ventura and all his friends as well. Um, he passed away unexpectedly this week. Um, also, please pray for the Fritz family. Baby Maddie was born and, they, and does have very serious complications and is not doing well. So please pray for baby Maddie and for the entire Fritz family. Do we have any other prayer concerns? Carl, who needs a kidney, who's in end-stage renal failures, please pray for Carl. Carol. What's her name again? Linda. Please pray for Linda as her church is closing, and it's a traumatic experience. She needs to find a new place. Oh. Please, please continue to pray for the Musson family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay, so please. So Joanna Papaleo, who is um, Teresa Zimmerman's mom, is in ICU, um, is starting to do better, but prayers are needed there. Anyone else? Judy. Nine year old Cooper going into brain surgery. Please lift him up. Anyone else? Let's pray. Lord, you hear the burdens on our heart. You hear the burdens that we haven't spoken and yet we carry. We pray that they be placed in your hand. Take them from us, Lord, as we trust in you. We pray for complete healing on those that are mentioned. We pray for healing in body, that as people go through struggles in their bodies, that they will find healing in the name of Jesus. We pray that your spirit will abound in the people that are struggling in their mind with emotions and with relationships. Lord, we pray for complete healing there as well. We pray for clarity of mind and peace. Bring peace to your people, please, Lord. We pray for peace. We pray for restored relationships, for the brokenness to be restored. Give hearts of love and forgiveness, compassion and mercy. Lord, we pray for our families. We pray for those families that are in mourning. 
with heavy hearts, Lord. We pray for your comfort to be there and that they will feel your presence and know that you are there and walking with them. Lord, we pray for protection for our families, protection for this church. Lord, keep the darkness away. Give us strong, strong protection from the evils of the world, Lord, and give us your strength to walk mightily in your word. We pray that you will continue to send healing upon your people who are trusting in you and knowing you, and we pray thanks to you for what you're doing in people's lives. We pray that you will continue to reach out and that people who don't know you will become fertile ground, that they will turn from their ways and they will accept you as their savior. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our life and in the lives of the people we love and in this world. Lord, help us to be a part of what you are blessing. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord. from the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 5 through 22. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots, along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Hasheroth, opposite Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Leave us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you you need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff, 
and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other, so that neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all the night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Far away. Far away, honey. I don't know how to get under that. How am I gonna get back? We're. I'll, we, you want me to knock him down? No. Okay. Well, come on. Uh. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come grab my hand. Where does the web end? Right here. I'll keep my hand right here. Oh. <laughs> come on. He's not coming to you. Go, 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 go. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You did it. <laughs> you did it. We have all been there, haven't we? Just like in the video, you're walking along, enjoying the day, and suddenly you're covered in icky, yucky, tickly, sticky spiderweb. No one likes it. And if we see it coming, we really don't want to go through it. But the fact of the matter is, there really isn't anything to be afraid of, is there? I mean, all we have to do is clear the web away, and we can walk right through. Sometimes, to get where God wants us to be, we have to clear away webs of fear so we can trust God when we suddenly face those. Israel was facing a pretty big web of fear. They had been delivered out of Egypt, out of oppression to slavery, slavery to Pharaoh. 
They were so excited. They were going to the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, where they would be safe and free to live with God in peace. They had lived through the first Passover and would obey God by celebrating it every year for the rest of time. They would tell their children the story of how God overcame Pharaoh's oppression and delivered them out of Egypt. They would tell it generation after generation after generation. And then, suddenly, it happened. They were camped by the sea, resting and waiting for the moment when the pillar of cloud and fire would rise up again and lead them on into that beautiful promised land. And they looked back. And they saw Pharaoh's army coming after them. And they immediately doubted everything God had promised them. They ran into a giant spider web. <sighs> they freaked out. Totally. Trapped between Pharaoh's powerful army on one side and the sea on the other, they cried out to the Lord for help, and they blamed Moses for bringing them into such terrible danger. Why, Moses? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Why did you bring us out here to die? We should surrender and go back. It wasn't so bad in Egypt. We had everything we needed there. They doubted the miracle of deliverance that God had already shown them. And because of that, when they were faced with trouble, they feared for their lives and began to place blame. Church, once we begin to doubt God's promises, it's not a very long way to feeling fear about all that God has called us to do in this world. We grow in Christ from faith to faith, little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept, the scripture tells us. We grow in faith in the midst of trouble by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Not by questioning and doubting and giving in to fear, Getting to the promised land, living in peace in the kingdom of God, it's not possible if we allow ourselves to lose our trust in God and to give in to fear that God will not do everything God has promised us. God had called Moses to lead Israel out of Egypt so they could live into the fullness of what it means to be God's people. Ultimately, through Israel, God intended to reveal himself to the world, to let them know that he loved them, and how he should be worshipped, and how people should share his love with others by treating them well, all for the purpose of being saved from sin. But the people had to get there to live there, they had to make it through the fear to the promise. And as Christians, we need to get more and more into God's kingdom. Israel was in fear by the sea. But God had already told Moses what was going to happen. 
Facing a nation filled with fear, Moses said, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The deliverance God would bring them that day, in that situation, to be able to do what God was calling them to do in that moment in time. God had already delivered Israel out of Egypt, but that wasn't the end of their need for deliverance. These people were about to begin to realize their constant need of growing and trusting in God so they would have the courage to face their fears and go forth anyway. Stand firm, Moses told them, because the Lord is going to fight for you. And the Lord fights for us today too when we go forth as God calls us and stand in our faith knowing that God is with us. Moses was encouraging the people, telling them what he knows to tell them so that they will have hope and be able to continue moving forward. But Moses must be experiencing some fear too, don't you think? We can see that in verse 15 of our story. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. It's almost as if there's something missing in the story, something we have to just kind of know and infer in the reading because it's not just said straight out. God, in that moment, actually sounds like he's scolding Moses. Just briefly, but it's there. Why are you crying out to me? He says to Moses. Tell the Israelites to move on. I've been in that place, knowing what I needed to do, but feeling fear myself. So I really want to avoid having to do what I know I have to do. Anyone else been there? You know, you have to say or do something that's hard, the kind of thing you wish somebody else would do for you, so you didn't have to. I remember a time when I was first beginning to teach ballet under my, my teacher. She could sometimes be hard on the students if she wanted to see them make progress, especially if she perceived them to just being lazy. One day, I watched her yell at a 12-year-old girl. I was about 18. Throughout the class, Susan seemed to be frustrated and discouraged about some things she was having trouble doing. I thought she needed help. My teacher thought she just wasn't trying hard enough. Susan held back her tears until she was able to put her coat on and run to her mom's car. I struggled with what to do, knowing that if I said something, I was likely to get yelled at too but I had to. I told her I thought she had been unnecessarily hard on Susan and that she owed Susan an apology. My teacher didn't take that too well. Initially, we went back and forth about it for a few minutes, and ultimately I was able to convince her 
that it would have been better if she had taken the time to be patient, to try to see Susan as a whole person who needed help, not just a lazy dance student. Oh, by the way, my teacher suffered from chronic pain because of some ongoing serious health issues she had. She was having a particularly difficult day herself and also needed some compassion. Things are rarely as black and white or cut and dried as we might like to see them, aren't they? My confrontation with my teacher might be seen by some as a lack of compassion, but talking to her about Susan helped her open up a bit to talk to me about her pain, too. It also managed to resolve the situation with Susan, and I began to see some changes in how she, how she worked with her students and some changes in Susan's attention to detail. My teacher was also beginning to trust me more as a young colleague. I was 18, an upstart, telling my teacher what to do. It wasn't my place, was it? Jesus was an upstart, too. He went to places the other Jewish leaders were afraid to go. They were afraid they'd be in violation of God's laws and their own community standards if they ministered to some of the people Jesus went to see. And Jesus taught his disciples to do the same, to go where it's scary and do things that people might not like. We read about a couple of those examples of that kind of thing in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cleaned of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. A leper and a Roman soldier. Jesus said to the leopard, I am willing. And to the soldier, shall I come 
under your roof and heal him. Jesus ministered to people who were diseased and unloved, hated and despised, and he also ministered to those who didn't realize their ignorance in oppressing and despising people who God loved. As God's people, according to the standard Jesus sets here, I sometimes wonder how well I'm doing living as one of Jesus' disciples. What fears of those who are different from us or fears of those from our own part of the community who would criticize us are keeping us from going where God is sending us so we may all walk together into the promised land. Who are we afraid of inviting into God's kingdom and caring for them as they walk with us? You know, I don't talk politics much anymore, especially in the church setting, and I don't want to, so don't ask me. But I do think that if people are seriously pursuing their relationship with God and Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will reveal the injustices that are going on in the world around us and will lead us in doing our part as the church to help bring change. I don't know what your personal opinions are about all that's going on right now, but I trust that as my brothers and sisters in Christ, you are prayerfully seeking how God would have you cast your votes on Tuesday. What letters you would write to your elected officials. What statements you would make that will help, not hurt. I hope you won't find any spider webs or other barriers in your way. And if you do, I hope you will sweep them out of the way and let your spirit-led vote and opinion count. And I hope that you are praying for our nation and all our leaders. They need our help in this. Our adult Sunday school has been learning more about prayer and practicing new ways of praying. You're welcome to join us after worship this morning. From 10.30 to 11.10 in the gym, we're going to be praying, practicing a kind of prayer we've been talking about. We're going to pray for each other, we're going to pray for the church, and we're going to pray for our nation. Everyone is welcome to join us. God worked in and through Moses to resist tyranny and the oppression of people God loved. The people did not need to fear. God's presence in the pillar of fire and cloud kept Pharaoh's army from being able to get to Israel. And God continued to lead them every step of the way and fulfill his promise to them. God wants to work through us today to resist the powers of darkness in this world that perpetuate oppression in our nation and around the world. People are poor and suffering and dying in a nation full of abundance and opportunity. How can that be? 
like the saying, if we're not growing, we're dying. It's true that if we are not part of the solution, we are by default part of the problem. This is true in all kinds of life situations, friends, not just politics. I could have remained part of Susan's problem by not speaking up. And then Susan wouldn't have been helped, and my relationship with my teacher wouldn't have grown. So how would God have each of us take up Moses' staff? You know, the staff that he used when God worked signs and wonders in Egypt so the people would be set free. The staff he raised when the sea was parting into two walls on either side so the people would walk through and he held that staff until they were all through each and every one of them. How do we take the staff that God has given us to push away the web of fear? And change our fear into courage. How do we make a way to the land flowing with milk and honey that God has promised for everyone. First, we have to submit to God and allow God to clear the cobwebs of fear in our lives so he can move us on to the next step in bringing the kingdom of God to those who need it most. What are the fears keeping us from stepping outside our comfort zones and reaching out to someone we feel uncomfortable being with? What are the barriers we are afraid to break through, to go where God has called us to go? Courage isn't overcoming fear in a way that makes us not feel it. Courage is doing what we know is right even when we're feeling afraid. But we know the work God wants us doing, reaching out to those in need and sharing God's love. When we're seeking God's wisdom and power to do it, we can receive from God courage that is greater than our fears. The fears that are barriers to moving forward in Christian faith and service, they aren't any harder to break through than a spider web. They're just fears. We can go forth through the nasty spider webs of life and ministry because we know God is with us. The song called The Summons is a call of God to Christian people to face their fears and minister to those in need. It touches on the kinds of fears we face in the world today. We're going to sing that song right now. And as we sing, ask God to reveal to you the names of the fears you face that keep you from reaching out to those in trouble in this world. And if you're someone who's already reaching out, Ask God to show you where you need to grow some more. That's what I'm going to do. I want you to remain seated while we sing the beginning of this song. Consider what God would speak to you, and then we're going to have a prayer of confession.
asking. Will you? Will you? Let's pray. Dear God, I have sinned. I have not loved you with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I have not loved my neighbor as myself. Sometimes I fear that if I completely surrender to you, you'll send me somewhere I don't want to go. I sometimes fear that you'll call me to people I'm afraid of, to people who aren't like me. Forgive me, Lord. Make me more like Jesus so I can reach out to the kind of people Jesus reached out to. The poor, the different, the lepers of our day. By your Holy Spirit, help me love them like you love them. Give me courage to go where you tell me to go. In Jesus' name, amen. It's our willingness to acknowledge where we need to repent and our willing actions in living out lives of, lives of faith that help us grow with God. But the grace and forgiveness, that comes from God. We can't earn it. There's nothing we can do. It's a free gift that God offers to us. He sent his son so we could be forgiven. And the Holy Spirit who comes into us so we can walk in that forgiveness. This was true. Even before we knew we were sinners. And it proves God's love for us. So we can say to one another, in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Now, if you're ready, let's stand in heart, in body, or both, however you're able, and sing the last verse of the summons, our promise to God to go where he calls us to go. Take courage. God is with you. Then we're going to praise God for all God has done. Standing with us and leading on with courage. Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. And what that means is that now you have the power of the Holy Spirit when you allow it so that we can walk forward. We can do whatever because God gives us the power. We've got a whole army of angels back in us and we can do anything through Christ who gives us strength. I'm 
God of angel armies on your side. Amen? Amen. You have the freedom to walk in the peace of Christ. Amen? Amen? Well, share the peace of Christ with one another and do something brave. Share it with somebody you don't usually share it with. God's peace be with you. Amen. over and over how faithfully is to be with us to empower us in the work of the church that God has called us to we can see it we can see it especially in the lives of those who have gone on before us they celebrated in Christ's work done on the cross and Christ's work done in their own lives we celebrate it here today we celebrate it as we remember their witness of Christ's faithfulness in them. We celebrate it at the table where God has invited us. Where God has invited us to be strengthened, to be the witnesses he's called us to be. To profess our faith and declare before the whole world that we love God and that we trust God for all that he has given for us. We join with the saints as witnesses of God's great love in this world. You are welcome at the table. Everyone is. If you love God, repent of your sin, and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome at the table this morning. So come, whether it's the first time you've ever been in this church or even the first time you've ever realized, wow, I need to follow Jesus. Come to the table and bear witness to God's love for you. The Lord be with you.
and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you, poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, especially those whom we name before you today. Gerard Boudreaux. Shirley Broker. Ellie Drake. Michael Ducher. David Eldridge. Sandy Gehrig, Nona Goodrich, Sylvia Hendages, James Heimers, Jeanette Justice, Lee Keir, Warren Krupp, Pauline Cohen, Jean Lindemuth, Kenneth Mayer, Virginia Ann Messor, George Phillips, Betty Jean Phillips, Eric Priscuta, Randall Rogan, Diane Rosinski, Dick Roseland, William Schreiber, Dennis Schreiber, Bob Schroeder, Bob Tolner, 
Roberta Vanderhoff, Joe Ventura. And let's take a moment to remember in silence those who are in our hearts. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set for, before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, as confident children of God, let's pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward. Ready, come, worship God. You can come to the rail for prayers for healing, anointing with oil or to light a candle. God wants to meet you here. Come and declare your love for him.
are the people we're to reach out to? It's probably the ones we least want to reach out to, the ones we've got some fear in us about opening ourselves up to. But God is with us. Say, God is with us. Amen. God is with us. So sweep aside the spider web of fear. Take them by the hand so they can come into the promised land with you. That's how we open up God's kingdom to everyone. Amen? Amen. Go in his peace and share his love everywhere you go. Amen.